0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to Raising Good Humans. I'm Dr. Aliza Pressman, and I'm delighted to have you here. Today's episode, I think, is a pretty awesome one because it's just me, and I'm reading you an excerpt from my new book, The Five Principles of Parenting. So you can get First of all, a little taste, a little inspiration, and a little support, even if you haven't bought the book, but then also definitely buy the book. And when you do, don't forget to go to at Raising Good Humans podcast and DM me and let me know. And if you want to post it on social media and tell other people or tell your friends, I'm certainly not going to complain. (laughs) And if you want to write a review on Amazon, I'm not going to complain. And if you enjoy this episode, don't forget, it's always helpful when you write a review on Apple Podcasts. Am I asking too much today? Okay. So this episode is covering foundations for a strong relationship, It's about setting the stage for secure attachment. I wanted to demystify this whole idea of what attachment relationships are. It's so unfair to you, the parents and caregivers, to get misinformation. So I'm clarifying the real science of attachment here, how it translates in your actual day to day, how it might change and shift with your children's ages, how to... Retrofit it if you don't have an understanding of close relationships and how to connect. And I'm ending with some exercises that you can do to get yourself a little closer to that connection. Relationships truly are so important. Remember, they move the needle from toxic stress to tolerable stress simply by existing in this close connected way that I'm talking about today. Chapter five, Foundations for Strong Relationships. Setting the stage for secure attachment. There is no development without relationships. Jack Shonkoff, MD. The first of the five R's, relationships, begins with our primary attachment relationship. All kids need an attachment relationship with at least one caregiver that leads them to believe this person, despite their human limitations and the inevitable ruptures and repairs any relationship will go through, can provide a safe and predictable base for meeting their needs. As we become increasingly sensitive caregivers with practice and with serve and return, the process talked about in chapter one, we also notice and adjust our behavior and our children's environments to improve what psychologists call goodness of fit, which basically means that we accept our children for who they are and we meet them where they are more often than not. So let's talk about these basics. Demystifying secure attachment. Life is best organized as a series of daring ventures from a secure base. John Bowlby. The next thing kids need after nutrition and sleep is an attachment relationship with at least one caring adult who they feel like they can count on more often than not. The science behind this is beautiful and consistent, but there's a lot of misinformation out there. So I wanna spend some time going over the misunderstandings and then delving into the real science. The most important points to remember are these. Attachment is a relationship, it's dynamic, and it can be repaired, and it doesn't depend on specific procedural practices. Babies throughout history, in all kinds of contexts, have developed secure attachment relationships, and your baby or child can too. Secure attachment doesn't depend on attachment parenting. Although the word attachment is often used as shorthand for attachment relationship, it's important to remember that the term in developmental psychology does refer to the unique and dynamic relationship between two people. And in this field, relationships aren't considered optional. They're the first of my five R's that lead to resilience. Secure attachment isn't about baby wearing or breastfeeding. It's about a child's deep and abiding confidence in their parents' availability and responsiveness. So it's not co-sleeping that matters for attachment, but rather the fact that a baby is sleeping well and having quality interactions when they are awake. It's not the skin-to-skin contact, though it's always nice to allow for that with your newborn if that suits you, but rather the caregiver's attunement to the relationship. Attachment parenting, see chapter one regarding this theory, has never been scientifically linked to the development of a secure attachment. Many of Dr. Sears' recommendations may be fine for you and your baby, even positive, but the rigidity of his approach and its champions leaves many parents feeling lost and isolated. For example, Dr. Sears has suggested that babies must have constant physical attachment, Unfortunately, this has created a generation of parents worried that putting a baby down to take a shower was harmful. He has said nothing about reading babies' cues or seeing when and how they like to be held or when physical contact may not be ideal. He's also spoken fervently about the need for breastfeeding, scarring mothers who could not or did not breastfeed, making them feel worthless. Sears's work was filtered through a lens that left parents feeling like being a martyr was part of parenting rather than acknowledging that a parent's mental health is inextricably linked to an infant's health and development. And he neglected to notice that attachment is a dynamic process, changing as the child grows, leaving parents with no way to end the cycle of co-sleeping or other physical attachments. In truth, it's just not related to those procedural things. At worst, spending time stressing over these details can undermine a parent's developing a strong connection to their child. Don't get me wrong, I have some clients who practice attachment parenting and it's fine when it works for them. But many mothers come to me terrified that they're doing something awful by letting their kids sleep in another room. The science says this is nonsense. Attachment parenting doesn't make you a better parent. Remember, it doesn't matter how kids sleep, it matters that they sleep. It doesn't matter what diverse nutrition children get to eat, it matters that they get that diverse nutrition. It doesn't matter what gender the primary caregiver is or how or if they are biologically related to their child. It matters that more often than not, the caregiver is emotionally responsive and attuned to their particular child. The primary caregiver needs to be sensitive enough to notice and respond to their child's unique cues and in doing so, meet the child where they are over time that improves goodness of fit in the relationship. That's good enough. Your child will develop both confidence that their needs will get met and coping skills to get through the times when not every cue gets a response. Because you're human. And it takes a human to raise a good human. Okay, I am not great about drinking water. And so one of the things that I promised myself this year was I'm going to figure out a way to increase my water intake. And so I found a very cool product. It's called Life Straw. Even though I get that water filters are vast and varied, this water filter is an upgrade that you will wish you had made years ago when you find out how disgusting so many water filters are. And also where I am, tap water is not uh, on the table, but I definitely don't want the Bacteria, parasites, PFAS, and microplastics that can come in a lot of other ones. So that's where Life Straw comes in. It has a better filtration system. It filters out over 30 contaminants, including bacteria, microplastics, and PFAS. And it actually makes the water taste better. I'm not kidding. Also, because I like things to look good, it has a really sleek hand-blown glass design. So it looks pretty on your, in your fridge or on your countertop. And of course, I love that LifeStraw fights for the planet and gives back. So for every pitcher sold, a child in need receives a year of safe water. That's over 9 million kids to date. Better filtration, better taste, better design. LifeStraw home products can be found at lifestraw.com and on Amazon. Framebridge, which I love because I love a picture wall, just released their popular line of curated gallery walls. They added more layouts because it just looks awesome. Each wall comes with a life-size hanging guide, making installation simple, foolproof, and fun. And you can upgrade an entire space in minutes. When we moved, which we have done multiple times, when we moved I promise no matter where we go, we're always going to have a beautiful wall of pictures and we're going to update it. And Framebridge just makes it so easy and affordable to custom frame just about anything, including kids art. And by the way, I was using Framebridge long before they were a sponsor because it's an awesome way to make walls look pretty and it's totally affordable. Framebridge has framed over 2 million pieces and counting and Framebridge has curated a selection of frame styles and design experts to make it fun and easy to choose the perfect frame for your new piece. Visit framebridge.com or a retail store to custom frame just about anything. Order online at framebridge.com and then either you upload a digital photo or a piece of art for them to print or you can mail in the art. They send you the free, secure, prepaid packaging It's literally foolproof. FrameBridge custom frames your piece and then boom, back to you for a gorgeous personalized well. The real science of attachment. So let's talk about real attachment theory. Back in the 1930s, London psychiatrist John Bowlby noticed that the kids he worked with who had emotional problems seemed to lack parental affection. Bowlby, himself raised by a nanny and nursemaids in England, which underlines the truth that psychological research is often me-search, started to see mothers as the emotional anchors for their children, and he theorized that kids needed a warm, intimate influence to develop stability amid the normal and inevitable storms of life. According to Bulby, healthy babies formed a small hierarchy of attachments— that is, the number of people they were attached to had to be limited for the baby to learn relevant emotional cues, but not so limited that the baby felt there wasn't any backup when mom went out to play darts with her mates. In the 1950s and 1960s, American-Canadian developmental psychologist Mary Ainsworth expanded on Bulby's theories, working first in Uganda, studying babies' responses to her, the first white person they'd ever seen, and later in Baltimore. She began defining the relationship patterns between toddlers and their mothers based on how children responded to separations and, more importantly, to reunions. Babies with secure attachments played and explored freely from the secure base of their mother's presence. When the mothers left, some of the toddlers got angsty. Either way, when the mothers returned, the babies lit up, sometimes recognizing their moms from a distance and sometimes reaching to be picked up. Research around the world since has affirmed what Ainsworth found. About 65% of babies do have a secure enough attachment relationship to their primary caregivers, not exclusively mothers, to use them as their secure base from which to explore the world. Inspired by both Mary Ainsworth and the peace movement in the San Francisco Bay Area in the late 1960s, when Janice Joplin recordings blared from VW bus windows and the word love first started making its way into academic papers, a young developmental psychologist named Alan Srofe got interested in attachment relationships. With a team at the University of Minnesota Institute of Child Development, Professor Srofe launched what would become the longest-running study of human psychological development ever conducted. In the study, Clinicians met with children periodically, from infancy through their childhoods and teen years, into their adulthoods, and even through their transitions to parenthood, and established the basic tenets of how the way we are parented and the ways we experience security impact us, and when ruptured, how they can be repaired. Here's the upshot. Caregivers who foster secure attachment relationships are attuned to their own feelings and from there can be attuned to their babies. They're loving, responsive, tender, and emotionally available more often than not. They pay attention and adjust their behavior when their baby is shutting their eyes from overstimulation. They notice and care when their toddler feels anxious. They step back and let their little ones experience a bit of distress as they slowly stretch their tolerance for everything not going right. They make repairs when there is rupture. Their children grow confident in their caregiver's ability to handle their feelings, from glee to terror. As you develop a secure attachment relationship with your child, you're also introducing them to co-regulation. You can soothe them with your own calm, even as you hold the boundaries they're counting on you to hold. You're right there with them, but you're going to be the adult when things that need adulting come up. You can be their ocean and rock them to sleep. Even when your kids are adults, there are times when they're going to need you, and you could be there. More often than not is all we're looking for. Kinds of attachment. The secure attachment relationship is ideal because it's one that allows children to comfortably explore their environment. When children trust that if they encounter a threat, they can return to the parent for safety, that means they view their parent as a secure base. In contrast, an insecure attachment relationship is evident when kids seem afraid to explore. They may worry whether their parents will be there when they return, which in developmental psychology we call insecure ambivalent. Or they may be able to explore but may not view their parent as a source of comfort when they're faced with a threat or perceived threat and that's known as insecure avoidant. A final classification known as disorganized attachment refers to children who have conflicted and inconsistent responses, usually because the parent's behavior may be erratic or confusing. This type of reaction is often seen with chronically maltreated children. While I think it's important for parents to know all this, it's also important to remember that the majority of children are insecurely attached relationships. All this said, some children simply are more careful by temperament and beautifully, even an insecure attachment isn't a one and done curse. Remember, one of the five R's that lead to resilience is repair. Even if parents haven't been that secure base until now, owing to anything from absence to addiction, They can work on showing up emotionally when they are there physically and healing their own barriers to stability so that they can offer that secure base to their kids. In doing so, they activate repair. Okay, so here's a cool company, Caden Lane. So every Valentine's Day, I like to get pajamas for kids I love. And this sponsors new Color Me Pajama Sets are really awesome. I love that the materials are eco-friendly, they're comfortable and soft, but they don't break down after you wear them a few times. So check out Caden Lane. They create better and cuter clothes, accessories, and keepsakes for little ones. And they're on a mission to make mom lives easier. That showed up in their Color Me pajamas because it makes bedtime more fun and enjoyable. And for younger littles, check out their popular body styles because they have rash guards and tankinis and one pieces with little extra snaps and zippers to make sure that every diaper change is just a little bit easier. I know it's the middle of winter, so you might not be thinking about that, but maybe a little spring break is coming or maybe you're in California like I am. So we swim all year round. Caden Lane is your one-stop shop for all your newborn infant and toddler apparel. Head to CadenLane.com slash humans and use the code humans for 20% off your order. Once again, that's C-A-D-E-N-L-A-N-E.com backslash humans for 20% off and make sure you use the code humans. This promo code will give you 20% off and they'll know that I sent you there. Now for a word from my sponsor, Harper Wild, which is a female founded company that makes affordable, comfortable bras and underwear options for every occasion. They believe comfort and style go hand in hand, which let me tell you, gets truer every year I grow. (laughs) And from day one, they've had a mission to lift up ladies. So they donate, do you see what I did there? They did that actually, that was not my joke, that's theirs. They proudly donate 1% of their proceeds to Girls Inc., which is an awesome organization that provides mentorship and educational programming for girls ages 6 to 18. I see Harper Wilde's bras all over social media. I've got, you know, a comfortable way of being, but I I like a lift. Harper Wilde is female-founded, and they think about the needs that you have as a woman, comfort, style, and lift. And also I have their steel bra number one from their core collection and the underwear that goes with it. And I have bra number two in a pretty oat color. And as a person who works from home, let me just say, they're so insanely comfortable, but you still look like a person. <laughs> Go to harperwild.com slash humans, dot com slash humans. And use my code, that's my dog, who also really wants you to go to harperwild.com humans and use the code humans for 15% off. Attachment is dynamic and it can be repaired. A lot of parents these days have determined that attachment is important and they are terrified that one wrong move will break the bond forever. They come to me all the time, deeply worried and vulnerable and ashamed, convinced that they've somehow ruined their baby or child. One mom was going back to work after maternity leave, and desperate to get some sleep, she had let her baby cry it out. Now she was terrified she'd left a permanent scar. Another parent couldn't breastfeed. One mother confessed to saying something horrible to her toddler when she felt overwhelmed. Another was worried after she had told her tween son that he smelled and needed a shower. I assured them, and I'm here to assure you, that most kids do form secure attachment, despite their parents' diverse work and sleep schedules, and despite their parents' very human stress responses. The science tells us that if a caregiver is responsive to a baby's needs, more often than not, that's good enough for secure attachment but even if something does get misaligned in the attachment process, that bond can be repaired. In fact, passing interruptions in a caregiver's ability or responsiveness will activate a reparative process in the relationship, and the child's confidence in their caregiver will be on the mend without needing any particular intervention. That break and mend pattern known as rupture and repair is part of the way healthy kids grow and thrive. Remember that repair is one of the five R's that leads to resilience. And that's not just for babies, but also for all humans throughout their childhoods and their adult lives. Dr. Edward Tronick, a professor of psychology at the University of Massachusetts and one of the most influential scientists in child development, did the now-famous Stillface experiment back in the late 1970s when most psychologists still saw babies as blank slates, waiting to be filled in by their parents, and when most researchers were focused on kids' cognitive development. Tronick was interested in looking at the social connections between babies and their caregivers. He and his colleagues asked mothers to interact normally with their babies and then to stop abruptly, go into another room for a quick break, and return in a neutral, disengaged mode. The mothers were then instructed to leave the room for a second brief break and then to return normally. You can watch the experiment on YouTube. In the first step of the experiment, the mothers and babies were delightfully connected, obviously involved in a complex social interaction. The next step was honestly kind of heartbreaking as the babies wilt at their mother's disengagement. Those first two parts of the experiment dramatically show the social and emotional connectivity between parents and babies. But the third phase, when the caregiver returns, was even more inspiring. Almost instantly, the babies in the experiment began a reparative process with their mothers and re-engaged. This was repair in action. Does the still face stress out a baby when he's not sure what it means? Absolutely. But the back and forth, this disconnecting and reconnecting through the normal messiness of daily life is part of the way we build lasting, secure relationships with the people around us. Similarly, it's an important process as children develop their sense of secure attachment to others. Q&A session. Question. Question. I often text with friends when I'm with my child. Is this messing with their sense of attachment? Answer. No. As long as you're somewhat engaged with your child, they'll likely be fine. In later research, Edtronic established that most parents, even when they're with their children, are only super engaged about 30% of the time. That's repair. Part of what helps our children build trust in the fact that we will be there for them when they need us is they learning to wait for our attention. That's relationship. Little by little, they will develop optimism about the future, even when we're on the phone or otherwise not right there with them emotionally. Here's one thing you can practice. See if you can balance responding to your friends enough to feel connected to them, but not so much that your child feels less relevant than your phone. That's reflection and rules. Good enough is good enough. In order for the relationship to be a secure one, your child needs to know that they have a parent they can trust, who is relatively predictable, and with whom they feel safe. Time is not a factor. Quality is. Maybe you don't get home for bedtime. Maybe you have to leave some mornings before your child wakes up. Research consistently shows that being emotionally present when you're physically present allows for higher quality interactions. And those interactions give you the most bang for your buck. So own your availability. If you won't be home in time to put your child to bed, tell them. If you don't live with your child, be realistic about how often you'll see them. Let your child know when and how they can reach you. Be available when you say you'll be available and be honest when you can't. Building trust with your child means that they can believe you. You say what you mean, and you mean what you say. When you are with your child, commit to putting away your phone for reasonable periods of time. Give your attention to your child and the activity you're doing together. Develop new and meaningful traditions, like breakfast or dinner on Saturdays or trips to the park on your visitation day. Children form important memories around rituals or traditions that add to their sense of belonging and self-esteem. Retrofitting attachment. During the pandemic, I moved from New York to California, earthquake country. Love the weather, but the thought of the ground beneath me giving way without warning was off-putting, to say the least. I still haven't been through a noticeable earthquake, But I did have my house inspected, and it turned out not to be as resilient as the newer homes being built. So I had it retrofitted to ensure it wouldn't fall down. It's such a safe feeling knowing that our home is sturdy. I made an investment to ensure that while it might shake and sway, it's probably not going to collapse. Attachment can be retrofitted in the exact same way. If the secure base isn't there from early on, or if things have gotten shaky because of life's quakes, you can retrofit. My client's spouse was deployed when their first daughter was born. The mother was worried that when her husband came home from deployment, it would be a disaster because he was going to be so excited to see the baby, but he would be a stranger to their daughter, and that she might have a bad reaction. This mom made a booklet for their baby that she read nearly every day from the time their baby was about nine months old. It was one of those books you can make online, and it had different pictures of him and pictures of the parents together. By the time he came home from deployment and met his daughter, she ran up to him and hugged him. He was like Elmo, a familiar character in this child's comforting stories. Whether you're the absent parent or you're the parent who stays home, you can do some version of this to remind your child of your love and the presence of heart from afar. Okay. So there's this company called Tap Outs. And when you sign up, your child joins a pod of similar aged peers for interactive expert led coaching sessions online once a week for 30 minutes, which I thought was really cool. They use games and activities that can sort of help kids progressively learn how to express their feelings and and communicate in a group. And it's for ages four, all the way to 16. And it's a really awesome place for kids who are struggling socially to talk about their feelings, gain confidence and have tools to face some of the problems that are coming their way. More than 25,000 families swear by tap outs. They have 77% of the parents that joined tap outs say that their child was less stressed after 16 weeks. And 93% of the kids that filled out the survey said the sessions were actually fun and they wanted to keep coming back. What more could you ask for? So visit tapouts.com to take the free assessment today and you'll get $50 off your first session with the code humans on tapouts.com. That's T-A-P-O-U-T-S.com using the code humans for $50 off your first session. T-A-P-O-U-T-S.com using the code HUMANS for $50 off your first session. KiwiCo delivers seriously fun learning for kids of all ages with hands-on projects and activities. Each month, if you have a membership, kids receive crates packed with engaging hands-on activities that are designed to introduce them to exciting science, technology, and art concepts. There's always something new for kids to discover, like engineering robots, or learning about the science of ice cream, my favorite. Here's the thing about KiwiCo that I love. I want kids to get bored. I want kids to play with found materials. I also know that what ends up happening with busy, exhausted parents is that sometimes they want a project that their kids can do with directions to follow, materials all there, and something that's exciting enough that it captures their attention without screens. So when those moments happen, you don't need to add more to your plate. You just have a KiwiCo. So now you can redefine learning with play, explore projects that build confidence and problem-solving skills with KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month on any crate line at KiwiCo.com with the promo code RGH that's 50% off your first month at kiwico.com with the promo code RGH. You will love this. It's like freedom, guilt free, and so easy and fun. Professor Alan Srofe, mentioned earlier in this chapter, who became one of the premier developmental psychologists in the world, got interested in attachment because he lacked it as a child. When I interviewed him for my podcast, he reminded listeners that all children's development tends to progress with periods of equilibrium and periods of disruption. Sometimes things are going swimmingly, and sometimes they aren't. He talked about two cases that have really stayed with him. One boy started out very positively, securely attached, and then all kinds of challenging things happened in his life. His parents had an acrimonious divorce. His father and siblings moved away, and then his mother died. Just a heartbreaking series of events. Predictably, he went through some tough years in adolescence, but as a young adult, he met someone to love, and he was able to rebuild his sense of trust that other people could be there for him. He became one of the best dads Professor Strofe had ever seen, and Sroff has seen a lot of dads. What that man got early on was a strong foundation, so that when he fell in love, he was able to take the opportunity to learn to be more open to his feelings because he was in a safe relationship again, like he had been early on. In a contrasting case, a baby girl's family was in turmoil from the start with abuse, chaos in the house, addiction in the family, and an understandably insecure attachment. In elementary school, she and her mom both got therapy, and the girl was able to build an island of safety in her life. She fell apart again as a teenager, but rebuilt over time. She had trouble trusting. She felt very vulnerable. But she was able to reach back to that island of positivity in her childhood and build on that. Even when a lot has gone wrong in our lives, Professor Sroufe reminds us, that we all have these islands of positivity and support in our histories, and we can build on those. Relationship exercise, meeting yourself where you are. Attachment relationships thrive in the context of presence So anything we can do to practice being present with ourselves is going to help us become more and more natural at clicking into presence in our relationships. Set your timer for five or 10 minutes. Sit somewhere comfortable and allow yourself to relax. Allow yourself to look around where you are. Look for the colors around you in the room, the light and the darkness. Take in your environment. Notice five things you see in the room. For example, I'm noticing the chair. I'm noticing that there's light coming in the window. I'm noticing the stack of books in the corner. I'm noticing my cat looks kind of feral. I'm noticing that I need a pedicure. Allow your eyes to close. Let your shoulders relax and your arms and hands rest. Think of yourself arriving with a sense of dignity and alertness a sense of presence and relaxation. And just notice the sounds. Listen and notice. For example, I'm hearing the air conditioning. I hear the little footsteps of my dog. Maybe you hear a car going by. So just notice five sounds. Now you've noticed five things that you saw. You're noticing five sounds that you heard And then you take a pause and a breath, and you start to notice Is there something that I can taste or smell, or anything I can think of that brings to mind a taste or smell? Does the room smell like spit up? Can you imagine the taste of chocolate ice cream? Touch the chair you're sitting on or the floor or the steering wheel in front of you because the only five minutes you have is when you're waiting to pick up kid number three from preschool. Notice the texture of that steering wheel. Go through each of your senses, breathing through what you notice. Now take a pause and notice the state of your heart. Is there curiosity? Is there exhaustion? Is there sadness? Is there excitement? Is there tenderness? You're doing this with the intention of noticing. You're not making any judgments. Just feel your body. Now open your eyes, arriving exactly present where you are. This is exactly the place from which you can be the parent you want to be more often than not. This is exactly the place from which you can raise good humans.